Coming to you from the San Jose Mercury News, the Area News Group, it's the TK Show, and here's your host, Tim Kawakami. Everybody, it's Tim Kawakami here, episode two. We'll make this the playoff special, the, the playoff kickoff special, or tip-off special, uh, of April 17 with the game one of the Warriors versus New Orleans coming up tomorrow at Oracle Arena. Someone will be there covering it for the Bay Area News Group. That would be Marcus Thompson, who is my guest now. Marcus, how are you today? I'm confused as to why I wasn't the first guest on the TK show. Yeah, you just, you know what? I, I blew that one. I, I got some guy who was a coach in Ann Arbor for the first one, and he just he didn't make any news or anything like that. I should have gone MT2. I blew that one. I, I'm He's sure not I, even local. I know. I, I should I should feel the wrath of all of all Marcus Thompson fans for that one. I think I have felt the wrath of Marcus Thompson always for, for various many other things. All right, I'm picking them for the, I'm picking the Warriors to win a championship. By the way, so what are you picking? I agree. Oh my! I don't see how I don't see the team that is better than them. Number one, mm-hmm. and the whole concept of these seven game series is that the best team usually wins. Uh, so just off the bat, they have the better team. But then you got to come through Oracle, and I just, I just don't I see maybe San Antonio winning in Oracle. Maybe Cleveland can win at Oracle, possibly the Clippers, but they only have to face two of those at best. And then, you know, they are the best road team in the league, so you might have to win two games at Oracle. I just don't see a team that's good enough to do it. And even San Antonio losing a game they had to win just shows me that they might not have the legs. The Warriors. On the road, by the way, they were twenty-two and nineteen on the road this year. You could talk about injuries or whatever, but the record's the record. That—that's what I keep getting back to. It's Oracle. It's home court advantage throughout, and who's who's winning game one or two there? And every game one and two is going to be there. I—I I, I do not see it. We're a bunch of homers, but I guess is the conclusion here. We, we just can't. And you know, we we've been ripping the Warriors for so long <laughs> that it was only natural that at some point we would be homers. So. You can't argue with 38-2. I mean, yeah. it's just... 39-39. Way to go. Yeah. Wait, you just ripped them by saying get, you're cheating them a win there. Way I to go. I just took a win from them. Yeah. I don't think that Denver win counted the last <laughs> one. But James Michael McAdoo. Can, James Michael McAdoo counts it. He, that's a, that's a, the number one victory for him. Okay, if, you, if you've if you got a concern about this team then, if, if you had to say, here's here's where a really good team is going to test them at, at the most, what would that be? You know, I think there's a team that could, uh, the teams that could swarm Curry yeah. and take him out of the game because he's going to pass, he's going to make the pass. Those are the teams that concern me because now you're left with Clay Thompson making shots, Harrison Barnes making shots, Andre Iguodala making shots. Generally, usually, they're going to make more than they miss. They're at least going to get hot at some stretch. But if they all go cold, that could be a problem especially if teams are saying, we're going to triple-team Curry and make you beat us with these other guys. You know, Clay can be cold sometimes. Uh, we know Barnes can be cold, and Iguodala's been cold for two years. <laughs> so that's the, I think the Warriors have so many weapons that at, at worst they go cold for one game. But they're eventually going to find a rhythm. They're eventually going to make these open shots, and it's just too much. And plus they play defense well enough. That they'll be able to hold, you know, hold the fort until they get hot again. So that's what concerns me. If the game is dependent on Barnes, Iguodala, and Clay making shots, 
they could go cold for a stretch. Yep. And, you know, hey, who knows what happens at that point, but how many times are you going to keep this team shooting 40%? It's just, it's just not going to happen that often. So what do you think their mindset is right now? I mean, you know Steph real well. Do you think they're calm? Are they, you know, antsy? Where do you think their heads are right now heading into game one? You know, I think they're pretty good, and that's the benefit of having been here two years already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a different it's a different breed uh, when you've already experienced this. You know, Steph Curry was calm. You know who's really calm? Draymond Green. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you would. I remember these guys when it was their first playoff, and, and they were antsy and jittery, and they were hype and they were ready. Now they're just like, okay. It's time to handle business. And that's another advantage that people don't talk about. You know, they, they've played, they've won as an underdog before. They've gone into opposing arenas and pulled out a win. They won in Denver. They won in San Antonio. Uh, they won in L.A. So this team has some experience to it that, you know, if all else fails, if the offense goes, if the, if the defense goes, they at least know the series isn't over. They have that experience under their belt. So right now they're they're calm, they're chill, uh, and, and I think they they have something in store. I think they're like, okay, New Orleans is cute, think they're gonna beat us. <laughs> we'll show them game one. We're gonna hit them with something we haven't seen, they haven't seen before. Yeah, no, I think they're ready to play that role. No, no, well, that for this series, I totally agree with that one. And I I did I was just thinking back on that that they could have beat. San Antonio twice. What? They should have won game one. They should have. Yeah. They, should've. they blew an 18-point yep. lead in the fourth quarter. And like 13 points in the last minute and a half or some crazy thing, uh, whatever it was on deadline when, when I was trying to make <laughs> trying to make the paper with that late-night game. Yeah, remember yeah. that? Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I sweat. And, with then, and then they turned the same group, same core, turned around and came back and won game two. They, remember, yeah. they blew game oh, one in Denver. Absolutely. Came yeah. back and turned around and won. So this is the same core guys who they've been through some fires before. they played without players before. You know, Clay and, and Curry, they played without David Lee. they played without Bogan before. So they've experienced some adversity. I think that's kind of one of the understated elements of this team is that this is not they're not new to this. They, they've been through the fire. Okay, we bring up the last few years. I'm going to bring up, it's always something to talk about, Mark Jackson. I kind of stumped Steph yesterday, asked him, you know, is there a piece of Mark Jackson still on this team? Is there still part of his attitude there? And he didn't, you know, he just kind of said that's a tough question, didn't really answer it. Steph sometimes can do very politely and very well. Do you see some Mark Jackson still on this team? I think, I think Draymond Green is the Mark Jackson. Okay. You know, I think, I think, I think Stephen Curry embodies that whole concept. You know, Mark Jackson, one of his major talents was making his guys feel like they were the best. And I think Steph Curry plays like he knows he's the best. It's the only way you can rationalize in your mind doing some of the crazy moves he does. (laughs) Is that, man, I'm that guy who can do that. I think a lot of that was, you know, Mark Jackson bringing out in him what he believed. Uh, Draymond Green is, is a throwback Eastern Conference player. I think some of that is Mark Jackson, you know. Uh, I, I feel like Steve Kerr manipulates them better, uh, takes advantage of their skills better, but that it, you know that ability to create the underdog when it's not there, that's Mark Jackson. They still do that. Uh, Draymond Green right now is acting like, you know, 
Anthony Davis, everybody expects him to score 40 points to just dominate the, you know, the matchup. And Draymond Green's like, all right, I'll show you. Yep. The guy who won 67 games that might be defensive player of the year feels like he's got something to prove. Yep. That's totally Mark Jackson right there. Yep. That 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 underdog that just was fabricated out of nowhere. Uh, they still have that in them, uh, and, and I think some of that is because they cut their teeth on serious playoff basketball with Mark Jackson, and some of that edge that they have, that 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 arrogance, it, it comes from him. And that's not bad, right? I mean, I I not I bad think, at all. Yeah, absolutely. I think you need some of that. Although I would just say. I guess I guess when you're his employer and you're hearing that every day, maybe that wasn't the the, the thing that Joe Lacob wanted to hear all the time. But I do think it's, it was very important. Possibly, possibly, theoretically. I'm just hypothetically. Uh, but the fact that it's still in there, and I think that Kerr didn't try to, you know, he didn't try to squeeze it out of him, right? I mean, he he accepted this. You like this guy? That's fine. We're going to do some other things basketball wise, but I'm not going to change the way you think and who you like and you know, who you want to cite and all those things. I, I, do you see that, too, that Kerr was just, okay, this Absolutely. is who we are, and I'm just going to change a little bit of other things here, and maybe the Absolutely. Basketball. You know, I think, it, you know, you know. first off, Kerr is a smart guy. I mean, he's a nice guy. He's very amenable. He's got a great personality. You're going to like him if you talk to him. But he's really smart. And you could tell he can figure out a situation and kind of course what to do best. And... I think it mattered that his route was to respect the previous regime as opposed to change. I, you know, some of the guys told me how, uh, you know, he would tell them, I'm not coming in to change anything. I, I like what you guys have done. We're just going to take it to a new level. Yep. And that mattered to them. And for me, that was very smart for him to do that, yep. to go in and say, what you guys have done, because it wasn't just Mark Jackson. You know, it was Steph Curry doing it. It was Draymond Green doing it, and Harrison Barnes and Andre Iguodala. They they're the ones who turned this franchise around as well. So it was real smart for him to say, "I'm not going to discredit that in any way." Yeah. And then he goes out and he praises Mark Jackson and he says he inherited a great team. Like that's that's all smart of him to do that. And he really won over that locker room way faster than if he did it another way. Yeah. Hey, here's my way, and buy into it. Maybe they eventually do buy into it, but it's probably closer to December, you know, after well, yeah. they figure out. Well, 21, 21 and 2 helped, too. But you know what? Because they bought in, produced 21 and 2. They, they bought in fast, I think, because of his disposition of, you know, I respect what you guys did. I respect what you were about. You know, stuff like leaving just us. You know, that was yep. Mark Jackson's slogan. Yep. He didn't come in and put a new slogan in there, but that stuff mattered to them. You know, it it was a big deal to them that all of what they built weren't wasn't destroyed, even though the coach was gone. Yep. So that same stuff Mark Jackson instituted, I mean, they took that stuff to heart. So uh, he did a good job by not not killing all of it, keeping the good stuff, and you know, throwing out the dirt instead of the whole bathtub. Yeah, and that's I got some national reporters coming in now, and you know, we know what the feeling was around this team. Last year was can you know can the Warriors really get rid of Mark Jackson? They can't possibly do that. There'll be a revolt. And you and I, I think we're writing a lot of that also. But I think at the time we both understood that they were going to move on from him, and and then we'll see who the coach is is going to determine how you know whether there's a revolt. And do you think there ever was like forget this, we're done with this team from you know some Steph, Draymond, Andre, 
you know, Clay, the guys that we we closely associate with Mark Jackson, or were they just kind of wait and see? Uh, they were wait and see. I know, I, you know, a lot of them took their cue from Steph. Yep. Uh, you know, his his reaction, his his mood, kind of set the tone. Uh, I mean, which makes sense. You know, he's the best player. He's the leader, and he was never like forget this, I'm done with this team. Mm-hmm. He, you know, his mindset was, wait, you see, I think that's where Bob Myers' role was kind of underestimated in all this because he was the guy that was in Curry's ear. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the guy, while Mark Jackson was saying this and fans were saying this and reporters were saying this, Bob Myers was saying, that, you know, we're still the same guys up top, you know. And I think that, that helped him say, you know, I'll, I'll wait and see. I don't think Curry's the you know the type to just go all bad anyway, but he definitely took a wait and see approach. Uh, and you know, if if Stan Van Gundy's the coach, I think it might be a little different. Yep. No. Because I did hear I don't want to play for him. I did hear yeah, that. Really? <laughs> so it's like a lot of things went right, mm-hmm. and it all worked out. It was a very uh, utopic outcome. But I do think they said, you know, hey, let's wait and see. Let, let's see what's going on. And, and really, when you look at it, guys like Draymond Green, uh, was it Harrison Barnes, you know, these guys, they didn't even have a contract yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're not going to go too bad when they still got money to get. Uh, and even, you know, Steph Curry, he wasn't this Steph Curry we know. So I, he still had to play well. He still had to. To perform, so I don't think at any point they were to go, you know, start missing practices and and skipping and stuff like that. But if it was bad in January, you might have seen some things. Uh, you might have seen some things that didn't go well. You know, one time I'm going to throw this at you. I mean, it to me it has kind of brought Steph more out into the front. Mark Jackson was leading that team, right? We know that for for two years. Who was the leader of this team? It was Mark Jackson. That was the answer I always had. You take Mark out of there, and you have Steph still supporting him or, you know, believing in a lot of the things that Mark said, but you take Mark away from that, who's your emotional leader? I mean, Draymond in many ways is the, you know, the passionate guy, but who's the guy they look to? It's not Mark Jackson. It's not Steve Kerr. It's Steph Curry now, this year. No question. And when and in the throws of when he got fired, they were they were all talking with Steph Curry. Yeah. Uh, they were all, Steph, what do you think? Uh, because he's the one who put his neck out on the line. Uh, yes, because did. you know what what happens is what happened is Curry kept saying I want him to stay I want him to stay, mm-hmm. so then the Warriors say no we're firing him now all they attention turns to Curry what are you gonna do? Yep. <laughs> so they were the same way, uh, you know Iguodala's on his last big contract he's got his money no matter what, <laughs> you know the rest of these guys who who else would have the standing to do anything? David uh, Lee David Lee's got his last <laughs> big contract. Dave, David so, could have could have stopped it all. We know that because he's just that that's powerful. Not, just that's that not in David's wheelhouse, you know. <laughs> Plus, you know he's you know he, he's gonna side with the owners. That was his guy. He was you know he was the only player at the the groundbreaking to the stadium that didn't you know didn't come to fruition. Appears thirty one and thirty two. So you're just a hater. Just, you're a David Lee hater. I won't. I just won't stand for it. You, accusing him of you know, and, being and, close and you're to the owner. president of the fan club, <laughs> so we all have our roles. <laughs> I, I just I got to report that I got to report the the truth about David. I just I just don't want to hear negative things about this. Uh, I think you and I uh, 
certainly were shaking our heads about the assistant coaches last year, the way it ended up. Uh, Pete Myers, Lindsey Hunter. I, I really Jerry think you're underestimating Jerry D. Here. Jerry really D. Although did. we I mean, know, yeah, he is a genius. After our dinner together, <laughs> I don't know how you were overwhelmed. Yeah, I think people people might know the story, but you and I are sitting down in Game Seven at Staples Center. You know, whatever it is, 90 minutes before the game, uh, there's one empty seat in the crowded press room. Who sits down to eat but Jerry DiGregorio, who says hello to Marcus, by the way, uh, does not say hello to me. I think, did I say hello to him? I think I did. Think it, I, I don't think you did. I think I said, hi, all were you, Jerry, you're the greatest. I think I said something like that. Maybe not. Nah. Uh, but he, what, he, what it, how long did it take him to eat that full dinner sitting next to us? 45 what, seconds. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was the fastest meal I've ever seen eaten and most uncomfortable amid silence uh, of an assistant coach about to coach in game seven. And, and two media members, he sort of knows. I guess he, know, he knew you a little more and he knows me. Why uh, did he sit there? I don't I, remember. Why would he I, I don't think there, I don't think there was another seat. I, I don't know. It was very bizarre. I, I, my sense is there wasn't another seat open, although he could have waited or he could have taken it back. Maybe he wasn't welcome in the locker I, I don't know why he didn't take it back to the locker room, as many people do. Uh, it was quite the moment, though. It was, it was a warm and fuzzy moment. Uh, that whole thing was bizarre. That's what I, I was talking to Gentry about this. You know, there weren't that many. One great game in that series, Game 7. Because it was just a fantastic back and forth game. I guess game one was okay. I don't remember it being a great game. But game two was a blowout. Game three wasn't a great game. Game four, the, the Clippers were totally out of it after the Sterling stuff. So you had you had the Sterling stuff, and we had the Mark Jackson weird stuff. But it wasn't a great series, right? I mean, I don't remember great basketball in that series. It just was the all the outside stuff that was interesting. Yeah, it was the drama. It was the you know the soap opera stuff. Uh, you know, they they really tried to take Curry out of the game, and it became like a trapping game. Remember yep. DeAndre oh, yeah, Jordan, yep, a yep. bunch of free throws. Yep. Yeah, it was it was an ugly series. Uh, you know, it was the questionable foul calls and flopping and yep. whether or not there would be a fight. You take away all those undertones, it wasn't that great of a series as far as the way it was played. It wasn't beautiful by any stretch, but it had so many things from their Christmas fight and you know, it was just a bunch of drama surrounding it, and it all culminated in that game seven. That's why it's memorable because you know Mark Jackson is wearing the mob. That's his right. Outfit. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the, the all black with the red yep. eye. Yep. I mean, it, it, it had all. It's like you know daytime TV. It's got all the storylines and just bad. And do you remember Lakeup? <laughs> do you remember Lakeup and Myers being kept out of locker room after the game because Mark? Went oh yeah. Him? Oh yeah. <laughs> They're standing out there with us. <laughs> But I think he knew at that point. Yeah, though. oh yeah, he absolutely. knew. He absolutely. knew, and that was his last moment to be with his guys. You know, the writing was on the wall, especially in hindsight. It was clear what yep. they were gonna do. But yeah, he knew. I think he wanted that last moment. But you know, uh, keeping people out wasn't wasn't a hard thing. <laughs> no, not an un, not an uncommon thing for March. Again, I, we both like Mark. I think we both. I can speak for you on that. But yeah, there certainly were little quirks to that. Some of it was very effective. I want to point out, very effective. Uh, and I mean, that's the thing. Everybody has their quirks, yeah. you know. Uh, and, you know, when you win, your quirks are accepted. But in this case, you know, his quirks wore out the people above him. <laughs> you know, and in the end, in the end, no matter what, you got to please your boss. And yeah. that's, something, that's, that's something we all can understand. And no matter how good he was as a coach, he didn't see that. It's about, it's but about, like you say, I like him. Yeah. Hey, about time you start pleasing your boss. When, when does that start? 
you know, I don't, I don't think I'd ever displease my boss. You are, you are an A plus student. That's right. I, 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 I you make us all look, you make us all look bad. All I do is follow your example. <laughs> Uh, I I'm right. I wrote this for tomorrow. I I first thought the Warriors might win a championship in Game Four. I literally Game Four against the Clippers. I know I had that thought. When when, when did it first hit you that this might happen? This might be a championship level team. You know when they uh, ran off that what was it sixteen straight yeah. or something crazy. Yeah. During that streak, I just remember saying the loss is going to come right here. Okay, well, nah, well, here's the one they're going to lose. And it just seemed like every alternative, every time they had a chance to lose, they didn't lose. And after that streak, I was like, you know what? This team can win it all. Just because th- there's no adversity that they can't overcome. And and for me, that's that's it right there. To, go, to win 16 games in the postseason, a lot of times it's just about being able to, to get through stuff. Yep. And this team showed it can do that. And so it was during that streak, even when they finally lost, they still almost won. Yep. <laughs> and Bowden wasn't even playing. So yep. it's like, you know, they're, they're legit for real. I, I knew at that point, like, okay, it's time to start stop waiting for the meteor to come. This team is really good. That reminds me of the, the, the Lakers 67 win season in 2000, 99-2000 I covered. It was one of those long runs. And you just went, at some point they're losing and they're not. Okay, well, I guess I got to say that they're probably going to win a championship then. Uh, 67 wins, man. If you put 67 wins up, it's hard to say you're not the favorite to win a championship. That is, I just that's a number. No question at all. Unless you're Dallas and Don Nelson is <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Unless Don Nelson's sitting there in the first round, and I don't think Monty Williams. God bless Monty. I don't think he's Don Nelson. I I don't think that's his uh, his role in this playoff series. But we'll see. Well, we'll see. All right, Marcus, give me your favorite restaurant just to make sure I get this one to you. Which favorite restaurant? Come on now. Did we lose Marcus Thompson right at the end there? Okay, well, you know what? The, the phone's still alive. I don't know where he went. He just decided not to talk anymore. We will, uh, we will wrap this up. I'll give you uh, Marcus' favorite restaurant, Starbucks. That's where he, always, it's where he goes to write. The genius of Marcus Thompson is at Starbucks. We'll wrap this show. We won't get him back on. What, what, what a way to end it. Uh, we will talk to you next week. I'm sure we'll find a good guest. Or two or three, Paul. What do you want? Four guests next week. Bring them all, uh, bring them all on. Hello, and Marcus. Where'd you go? We lost you. I, I can hear you. Would you hear me? Nope. We heard. We had dead silence over here. You you were you were in a void. Hey, don't 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 do that. Don't don't uh, <laughs> set me up to look bad. And then you can continue the phone joke. Go go. I know what's going on. Go here. back over this one when we post it, and you will hear dead silence on your side of the phone. That's all I got to say. No comment on the, on the quality of the phone. So I'm sure you gave you us press, a wonderful... You pressed the mute button over a, there. A, one, a, a wonderful dissertation on your favorite restaurant. Just You're going to have to give it again here, then. Shorter this time. What's your favorite restaurant? Oh, that's a tough one. Oh, man. In, in the Bay Area? or just doesn't matter. Anywhere. Could be in I New Orleans. Love, I love August in New Orleans. Okay, great. John Best restaurant. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of I, New Orleans cuisine, Creole food. It's like my favorite, and I don't get to eat it that much, so whenever I do, it's great. But I, I had the best uh, black and red fish in my life. Oh. I wanted to call my mama <laughs> at August. Every time I go there, something blows my mind. 
You going this? John Vetch is very. Oh yeah, I couldn't wait to get that. I was rooting for OKC to lose just so I can go to go to August in New Orleans. I will be on Chapatulas, getting me some uh some some great food, some great New Orleans cuisine. All right, so all you Marcus Thompson fans who are in New Orleans, you, you know where to find him in the next couple in the next week or so, August. All right, Marcus, we already wrapped the show up once, but I'm going to wrap it up again. Thank you very much for, for being the not first guest on the TK show, but you did all right. You did all right. I'm, I'm, if we do the redo show the show again, I'll get rid of Harbaugh and get you on as the first guest. How about that? I appreciate that. All right. Thank you very much. Put me where I belong. All very right, fair. Marcus, I will see you tomorrow. Thank you very much. And that is officially the end of the second episode of the TK show today. Thank I thank my producer, Paul Baca. I thank... Jim Barnett, I think Marcus Thompson a little bit, even though he doesn't talk on the phone, it's mute or whatever the hell happened there. And I thank everyone else. We will talk next week. See you next time.